All right, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. I want to tell you guys real quick about uh, a giveaway we're doing on Instagram. When does that end, Blake? I think it's running for a week. I'll have to look at the dates. I don't know. April 24th. Oh, okay. Find it on Instagram. Yeah. Well, anyways, hey, we've got a hydration partner here at 307 Project called Hoist. And they're awesome people with an awesome product that actually works. So we are constantly looking for products that keep us fueled during our long training days. And it's pretty tough to find in the fitness running industry a company that has similar core values. It's pretty tough to find, right? There's a lot of hippies running around the running industry. Luckily, we found Hoist. Um, so not only is the product awesome, but they're good people. And so we've been using their stuff now for how long? Probably two or three months. Yeah, yeah, at least at least two. Yeah. Yep. This stuff doesn't have any preservatives. Blake found that out. Yeah. I had some in a, had in my range bag, and I took a drink, put the lid back on it, and went back to the range probably three weeks later, maybe a month. And I was showing it to somebody on the range. I took a swig of it, and I turned it upside down and said, huh. you know, it's cool. This stuff isn't even colored. It's just clear. And and there was some big mold spores in the bottom of the in the bottom of the cup, and I said, "Well, you ever seen a Gatorade mold? Yeah, it's all natural." <laughs> so once you, yeah, once you open it up, refrigerate it. Go ahead and refrigerate it or drink all of it. I don't know why you wouldn't drink all of it. Hoist has three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, half the sugar, no high fructose corn syrup, no preservatives, sweeteners, or dyes. BPA free, made in the USA. Five delicious flavors. The newest flavor off the charts, man. Was that blueberry? Blue raspberry. Blue raspberry, son. Yeah, that's good. to get you going, man. I give it, man, I give it to the kids. Instead of giving them, like, juice whenever they want something flavored, I yeah. got the powder. And we were riding the car the other day, and Josie was drinking it. And again, it's clear, so I didn't know what she had. And she said... I love this juice. And I looked at Kat and I said, what's in there? And she said, that's hoist. <laughs> the best part, too. I, I like I like everything you just said, but the electrolytes, man. That's that's the key. That's what really sets it apart as a performance drink, especially for ultra runners. Because people talk about cramping all the time. I mean, if you cramp drinking hoist, I don't know what the crap's wrong with you. You got something wrong with you. Going you back muscles. to the house, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, hey, guys, uh, check them out. Drinkhoist.com. I'll attach a pro code in the show notes of this episode. People ask how to buy this stuff. The best way to get Hoist is to do a subscription to where they just send it to your house on a monthly basis, which is what was the giveaway is. It's a six-month-long subscription mm -hmm. to where you get Hoist every month. It shows up to your door, and... um we just keep it in the office in here, and we always grab a couple bottles and have them with us. So support the companies that support this podcast. We would appreciate that. The other thing that I wanted to, well, other thing I wanted to say 
is uh, we are going to run a couple basic course missions this fall. September 23 through 25, October 14 through 16, November 11 through 13. That'll be team number 22, 23, and 24. If you guys want to apply for the basic course, just scroll down in the show notes. There's a link to the application page. We didn't used to do that, but we're going to be nice. So now you can apply. Put your applications in. I'm going to start looking at them immediately and we'll start selecting team members for these fall teams. That's what I wanted to tell y'all about. Man, you know, let's talk a little bit about getting set back a little in life. When something happens that you didn't see coming down the pipe, and maybe you had a goal, maybe you had something you were striving for, Maybe you were cruising along and something just comes down the pipe. <laughs> says, no, you ain't going no further right now. Man, that can that can destroy you. Or it can make you stronger. If I look back on some of the setbacks in my life, I think a ma- major setbacks. Obviously, life is composed of hundreds, if not thousands of minor setbacks, but major setbacks for me, I can think right off the bat is when I wanted to go to Bud's, made it all the way through boot camp, and I thought, all right, yeah, finally get to go to SEAL training now. This is what I've invested my entire life into. And they call me up to the doctor's office and they say, oh no, hold on a minute, man. You have a seven centimeter pericardial cyst on your heart. You can never be a SEAL. We're sending, we're sending you out to the fleet or back home, and um, that was a major setback for me. Uh, I'd say another one was when Brooke had her first bout with addiction. You know, we're just cruising along, you know, everything, you're able to manage everything, and then you have this massive problem that just disrupts the flow of your life and your ability to do what you thought you were going to be doing for the next few years. So I've had a few setbacks myself. What about you, Chili? You ever had a setback? Yeah, a few. What's well, a big one? Well, I mean, I might as well just, you know, the most recent setback was being fitter than I've ever been. I mean, objectively, fitter than I've ever been on the cusp of something big. You know, uh, trying to find the right race to get into that I could, you know, really showcase my fitness and ability and make a big impact, get a big win. And then right as I was ready to do that, they all cancel. Oh, man. Coronavirus. (laughs) Got you, boy. Yeah. So the lockdown coincided with me being fitter than I've ever been and... You know, one gets taken away in March. It's like, okay, okay, I, I can still, I can just, I know how to get through this. You know, thank God I'm not injured. I can, it's a setback, but I, I'm still good. So I just need to stay consistent. That's how I've always got through stuff. It's just stay consistent. Don't get emotional about it. 
you know, whatever, move forward. So then I was like, okay, let me find one in June. Surely this, <laughs> well, surely it'll be blown over by June. Well, <laughs> be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't think that, but it's like, um, let me just have cling to something because I didn't. That was what was kind of hard is I didn't even think that it was going to be okay in June, but I was like. I got, I have to pretend like it will be because I got to believe you, you have to, cause I can't just stop. June comes around, you know, emails start coming in from the race. It's like, we're going to actually have this thing. We're just going to, you know, put in for a couple of days before. Nah, that one's canceled too. It's like, mm, all right, let me find another one, you know, and stay fit. Find it in September. All right, good. Nope. That one's gone too. Okay. Let me find one in December. Nah, that one's gone too. And then that's whenever I really just kind of like threw my hands up. And I wish I hadn't done that, but it had gone on so long. Hard to maintain fitness that long. Yeah. So I said, ah, screw it. And uh, yeah, that was a big setback. So I wouldn't even say of you, you come out of the other side of it. You're still just trying to. Well, how? You, yeah, the, the thing I mean, is how you work through it. Still, yeah, it's still just trying to be as consistent as possible with what you're uh, capable of doing so about december's when you became the worm that you are now <laughs> the, the puddle <laughs> <laughs> i was reduced to a puddle in december of 2020 and <laughs> boy i mean now i'm just i was a little water you used to be a pretty fit gun <laughs> <laughs> used to be i was a. Uh, I was a water puddle in December, so if there's any progress, I've got a little structural integrity to me now. I'm a mud puddle now. You okay. can form something up. It just mm-hmm. wouldn't be there long. Yeah, kinda... but I'm still a puddle. I remember when you beat me at a race. Yep. I wish we had raced a lot then. You would have got beat every time. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Krista? I think the thing that comes to mind is physically being set back, Maybe, I don't even know when it happened. A couple years ago, I guess, um, through just injury, physical injury, I think I'd had a series of little injuries. My knees haven't always been great. Uh, I tore my ACL in college, and it's never been the same since, but I've always just kind of worked through it and with with it. But a couple years ago, I think I was actually playing pickleball, which is quite fun, actually. That's your first Um, mistake. (laughs) And I, I felt my knee because I, I have one gear sometimes when I'm playing things like that, and uh, I can't hold back. Kind of like when you're playing basketball? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And so, but I think I just stepped wrong, turned my knee, and I heard, heard felt something kind of pop, and I just internalized that. I was like, okay, could be nothing, but, and then I kept playing, and, and later uh, realized, okay, I did something. I don't know what it is, but... But that set me back, um, and then I I was trying to be patient and kind of let it heal on its own, figure it out, work through it, and one of those moments where you don't know, am, am I okay? Am I Is this as good as it's going to get? I'm just going to deal with this for a while, and knowing better probably ended up playing soccer with my daughter. She was playing in a, a league, and she asked me to play with her, and I couldn't turn it down, so played a game with her and then did something else because I, I think it wasn't quite ready yet. And so I just had a, a series of things where I just couldn't seem to heal. And then um, I think also, as you mentioned earlier, I am older. And I've realized 
as I get older, You're I heal. Prime. I, I heal differently, and I heal more slowly. It's just the reality of it now. So, um, so I, I've, I've been. That's just that's been a different stage for me in figuring out how do I manage this because, like, is this just mentally like is this what it's going to be like, or can I fight back from this and kind of get to where I was before and learning not to focus on that outcome to not have a an outcome in mind like trying to get back where I was, but just be present with where I am and keep moving forward and getting, trying to get as healthy as I can be and showing up a hundred percent every day. And if that moves me forward or to a place where I was before in strength, speed, endurance, whatever, then that's great. That's what I want to want to do, but it's not guaranteed. And, and so just trying to manage that. So I've had a very, I, I had a turning point at one time where I, I got and I had to figure out how to get intentional about that process because for the first time in my life, I could feel my mentality slipping. And that was new for me because I've always had a lot mm. of grit and I could sense something different. Like there was this turning point, like I can go this direction or I can go this direction. And so I had to kind of hit that head on and begin a very intentional process of, making that decision and heading in a certain direction to Mm -hmm. try to recover. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear more Mm -hmm. about that specifically here in a minute, by the way, Krista, are you, are you fitter now in terms of just strength and endurance than you've ever been in your whole life? Mm. I don't know in my whole life, but, um, I'm pretty strong and fit, but no, my, my running, I, I used to be actually I, I don't really like running, but people would tell me often, you're a runner, because I think I was a decent runner. I played a lot of soccer, and, mm-hmm. and co- I played basketball and soccer in college. And soccer, you just, you run a lot, and it's a you know, and so I think I just naturally had some running and endurance and some abilities that once I stopped playing pickup and, and then had these injuries, I feel like I'm definitely weaker in that area than I used to be. I know that, like, I'm not a great runner right now. Mm-hmm. Um comparatively and some other things like I can tell like um I'm not quite as springy as I used to be mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I'm pretty good at box jumps and things like that Me jumping neither. stuff <laughs> but I used to be better at those things um I could bound on the box really easily and so I just have to be a little more careful now well I was just thinking I, I would hate to have to meet and compete against a fitter and stronger <laughs> version of you so I just didn't know if that existed uh-huh. somewhere yeah. in the past so Probably. <laughs> well, let me just say, if, if we're referring, to, if you're referring to age, you're doing it right. Because when you say older, it's fine. But when you say I'm old, old then you've yeah. just crossed the line. I know. Yeah. Can't label myself as old yet. <laughs> well, what about you, Blake? I, I don't guess you've had any setbacks in life, have you? <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> He's had children. As I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, children don't count. I have had... Um, I mean, I hurt my back one time doing some tree work, and it gave me trouble for like a a year. And you know, I wasn't able to do a race that I not that I was on the cusp. You don't of need to, you it. don't need to say that. But you know, I wasn't able to do that, and uh, I've had just some injuries here and there. But I think probably the biggest setbacks for me, like things that are really long term in life, that are just ongoing problems like ourselves like managing ourselves in our character or marriage that are never going to get to a point 
I, I tend to convince myself that they are to this point of okay or or they have now achieved this and now I can like stop managing that and I can move on to something else and so like setbacks in marriage to where or even myself to where I realize oh man my marriage isn't where I thought it was was at I just convinced myself of that or even recently like you know just realizing the selfishness and pride and uh evil that is in me a lot at once uh, is a setback for me because I, I, that's just what I do. I, I will convince myself that like, okay, you, you're here now and now you can start working on these other things. And so, you know, I mean, even just a few weeks ago, I, I realized a lot of that stuff about myself and all at once. And I was like, I just want to go put my head under a rock and I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want anybody talking to me and just leave me alone. Like, I got to, you know, sort through all this stuff. And so those kind of things are setbacks to me, F- really physical. Like the year my back was bothering me, it it, it was what it was. Like it, it wasn't good, but it, I, well, can, I can work through that. But knowing that I have more work to do on myself or things that should be right, when I had convinced myself that they are right, those are setbacks to me. Yeah, I can relate to that too, Blake, because I've never had any – major like physical injuries that mm-hmm. set me back right yeah um i mean the heart condition was it, i can't relate it in the same way krista is you know talking about her knees and stuff like that but um you know me and chili wanted to make a shirt that said leave me alone guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just you you made me think about that. yeah i want three shirts leave me alone guy don't be a turd and defund the government not gonna happen <laughs> chili <laughs> i need the artwork man <laughs> you give me the artwork yeah, i'll make them dog man <laughs> all right so i think we can we've all given great examples of uh setbacks i mean some of us better examples than others um some of us have given better examples than others here today uh, particularly us three, we gave good examples. Blake didn't really give a good example. <laughs> that crap? is a good example. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody the other day about a particular struggle, like a thorn in their flesh that they deal with, and they were saying that they they get to a place where they feel like, man, God's really grown me, and I'm, I think I've kind of gotten to this place where I've got this, like I'm – I'm better like this, this, this thing isn't like owning me anymore. And, and then something will happen and bam, it's right back. Like it's like kicked back to man. I'm back. I feel like I'm back at square one. I thought I, I thought I was better. I thought I had this dealt with. And, and so that, I mean that, that's a hard setback. Is that kind of what you're describing, Blake? Is that what you're saying? Something like that. Similar. Similar. Okay. You can make fun of my, um, (laughs) You can make fun of my ability to be able to convey topics, but you can't make fun of my thoughts. Well, when, when I Krista, just can't convey them good. When you, Krista said that, I was talking to somebody you, about a thorn in their side. I thought she was going to say that's what Chad is for Blake. So <laughs> Blake's setback is Chad bringing him down. He's a thorn in my teeth. You remember when y'all was milking that cow? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what, though? A lot of people actually like to listen to Blake to the po- on the podcast. You te- you say that like that's a, a surprise. Of, a lot of I know that. Like Blake, he's everybody's favorite. Yeah, 
proud of you, little brother. Shut up. All right. <laughs> so now I want to go through and at least hear some, I want to hear some key things that have helped each of you guys. Particularly y'all two. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily, maybe maybe in like Chili's case, not necessarily come out the other side, but how have you endured it, right? So my, my I'll use my major setback as the, the heart condition and having everything that I wanted to do stripped away from me and being just basically told absolutely no, negative. You can't go any further. Um, I came out the other side of that one, right? So it's easy for me to assess, well, what are some things that I did? Uh, and uh, again, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but when when I showed back up to my little house there in North Georgia, uh, I was depressed, like really depressed. And believe it or not, there was a lot of shame for me in that. Even though it wasn't my fault, I knew everyone else's, I thought I knew everyone else's perspective, minus my family. I think my family really knew what was going on, but everyone else was like, well, of course Jad's back. We never expected him to make it through anyways. You know what I mean? It's a freaking joke that this guy thinks that he's going to be go become a part of the most elite fighting force on earth. He's a dumb redneck. So, I can also tell you, in many of the other setbacks that I've experienced in life, there's always an aspect of shame involved in it. One of the main things that has helped me work through setbacks is relinquishing the shame. Um, in other words, just putting it out there, hey, to other people, to people around you, to people you're interacting with, when it's appropriate, uh, just straight up, hey, guys, I know y'all got to be around me today. This is what I'm freaking dealing with. I'm dealing with a big setback here, right? And whether that's your team at work, uh, whether that's your family members, whether that's your friends, Whatever it is, just relinquishing all shame that revolves around whatever it is that setback is, and most of the time, the shame is unwarranted anyways because the setback in a lot of cases was completely out of your control. Now, if it was something that is in your control, shame is never warranted. It exists, but it's never it's, it's really a, a, a very, if not the most useful tool of the enemy of Satan to, to keep us in a freaking rut. Shame is, right? So I had to get out of that depression, and I had to just say, all right, I'm going to tell everyone that asks openly the truth of what I'm facing here, and I don't even know how I'm going to move forward. But I'm not going to have shame around that setback. I'm just going to be totally open with it. Not to bring other people down. Not to just air my dirty laundry. Not to cause drama. But when it's appropriate, right? So I had to do that. I've had to do that many times. Still to this day, I have to do that. Another thing 
that helped me tremendously was humbling myself enough to lean on people around me, specifically my family members, right? So in the midst of this setback, um, talking to them, receiving input from them, receiving support from them, receiving help from them, encouragement from them, whatever it is they could offer because maybe they were strong in that time. You know, back then, I think I was really, really probably cocky and I thought I could do it all on my own. So I realize now that that's not the truth. But when you think you can do it all on your own in the midst of that setback, you're screwed, man. You can't. You got to lean on the people around you. You got to listen to the people around you. And um, you got to let them help you pick your mess back up and move forward. So those were two major things that I had to do and have had to do many times. And other than that, it's the old simple adage. Chili hits on it all the time. Just don't quit. Just keep trying to find a way. If it's truly, if it, if it's true, and you know, just keep trying to find a way. And that's what I did. And that's how, with the help of the people around me, that's how I made it out the other side of that setback. I found a way. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. And I did the work. Is, you know, the details, you could be long-winded about it, but the details pertain to the individual situation <sighs> You know, so the, the, the only universal piece of advice that I can even think of is keep showing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's your goal and you're striving toward it, towards it and you've made progress and then a setback happens and you're, you know, you're back where you were three months ago, literally all you can do is work to where you were, get back to where you were and then get a little better. And then you're probably going to have another setback. But then if you work back to where you were and get a little better from there, you keep stepping up the ladder. You know, it's not linear. Progress no. towards anything is not linear. You Amen. go up, then you go down, and you go up, then you go down. And sometimes you go down further than the last peak was. It has to be that way. But ultimately, you, you know, as far as I've, in my short life, as far as I can ever tell, I'm not currently as good as I've ever been at, at uh, an array of things, but I'm way higher than I was. You know, I'm on the, it's, it's still the trajectory. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And the only way it goes down, you know, plummets off the cliff is if you stop. Yep. That's it. Yep. Well, I want to ask you specifically, Chili, uh, because I, I at least believe, and I could be totally wrong, that when those races were canceled and essentially that that was your those were your dreams right and mm-hmm. so similar to me those were pretty much just stripped away from you told no right you you went you got in a pretty dark place mentally didn't you i mean yeah I pretty well stay in one no man he's I, trying I, to liken I, you to him too. no you man know how he does this i, all the I time. mean i mean really man because and I, I just say this because I remember, and, and don't be offended by this, but I remember Tracy reaching out to me and saying, hey, man, will you just give Chili a call? And I called you one day. And so I know for Tracy to do that, you had to have been in a pretty 
dark place mentally. And how did you, I mean, how did you come out? Because you've come out of that spot. I mean, look at you now, dude. You're, you're, <laughs> you're a mud puddle. <laughs> no, I, I mean, seriously, man. Chili, you, you don't come out, you don't come and work hard as Chili works and get on the podcast and pour your heart out and, and really genuinely want to help people if you stay in that dark yeah. place. You don't, man. So how did you go from there to here? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, you're trying to get into my mental state. <laughs> That's, uh, well, I mean, this is to help people, dude, because I guarantee well, you I get it. there's a bunch of people out there that are stuck in that freaking dark place mentally, dude, and they don't know how to get out of it, and you got out of it. I don't know that you get out of what you get out of. I mean, I don't I don't know that you've got out of anything. It, it, the, the, here's the deal. No, you got out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. If you want to give some universal truth behind that is the most negative emotion that I felt in my situation. Now, I don't know how applicable this is if you got an injury or something, but you know, races were taken away. So it's like, man, what the crap? The, the world's against me. You know, I've got it so rough. That's what you do. You start freaking throwing a pity party and you know, it's like, well, it wasn't even my fault. Well, listen, why was I not ready beforehand? You know, why had I not accounted for the fact that those races weren't guaranteed? I mean, it's like the responsibility ultimately fell on me. If I had this goal of whatever you want to say, running some big race, being a pro runner, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that, dude. That's a that's an awesome yeah. goal. Well, it's like, you know, that just because some race, they never guaranteed that they would have it. I mean, like that wasn't guaranteed. I took that for granted. I, I, I had it in my head that all this stuff, you know, it's on me to get there. As long as I'm there, you know, this will happen and I can do it. No, sometimes they can be taken away. And, and I, I shouldn't, I feel like I shouldn't have placed everything into that. Mm. Um, and you know, ultimately me not being ready because here's another, here's, here's the deal. You want to talk about the other side of it? Races are happening now. And guess what? I'm not ready. They're happening. They've been happening for a year now and I haven't done what I wanted to do. Uh, whose fault is that? Is that the government's fault? Cause they locked down the country in 2020 and those races didn't happen when I was ready. No, it's my fault for not being ready now. D that, that's the deal. So quit freaking blaming other people other than yourself in, in situations like that. Now, I know there's <clears throat> specific things and specific setbacks that may not necessarily work with what I'm saying here, you know, depending on what it is. Well, I think one thing that you did said that you did say <laughs> was was really valuable, and it's, <laughs> it's the point that you shouldn't have put your entire identity into that one specific thing, right? Well, that, yeah. And so that's the that's that's something I have seen you do in a tremendous way. Although it's hard to get you to do any work if it's outside of the context of running, you do it. And you you 
contribute greatly to the podcast. You contribute greatly to 3 of 7 Project. You're, you're always considering ideas and ways forward. And um, you, you have expanded your identity into places outside of running. And you learned that that's necessary, I think, to be a little more healthy of a person. I learned the same lesson, man. I think that's the biggest takeaway to what you just said. Well, you also you also hadn't known me that long, you know. You've only just known me as a runner until. Yeah, whatever, dude. I think a big takeaway from what Chili said was him describing having expectations that weren't met. Uh, like he was talking about taking it for granted or just expecting that this was going to happen. And then, and I think people can get on a path and they get blinders on and they just make assumptions about what lies in the future or what's going to happen or what the natural outcome or consequence of their choices is going to be. Well, of course, if I do this, the results are going to be this. And I think a huge thing that knocks people off kilter and creates a lot of setbacks because they have a hard time getting back on the horse is that unmet expectations Mm. and and a lot of them we create we create expectations and not just physically and in races and things like that but in marriage and relationships and and other things uh maybe business uh i think we either create or have expectations or we're told to have expectations and when those don't get met it can rock people's worlds yes and I think that's a, a, a common thread and a lot of setback and disappointment. Yep. Yep. I, you know, I think about that a lot because I feel like I know what I want my story to be. Mm-hmm. And it frustrates me when I'm like, no, this might actually be what my story ends up being. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Krista, the floor is yours. Give us a master class on how, especially when you reach that point, that's really cool of how you can identify that time in your mind where you were like, all right, I can go this way or that way. I'm starting to lose that kind of fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you, where, wherever you want to start, but yeah. I thought that was an interesting point. Well, I think coming back from a setback or even just specifically a physical setback, I don't think there's a formula. So what I share about what happened to me isn't necessarily going to apply. I think some principles in it could apply, but I think a a key thing is to, to know yourself and listen to your body and listen um, to other people who might have good input. But it's, I think it's a very personal process. And I think just uh, a good thing to to keep in mind too is a lot of that groundwork that sets you up to make those decisions and go through that process happens before the setback occurs so I think a lot of my ability to kind of go through that process a lot of that work was done that groundwork was laid before that happened to me so my uh, mindset um, ability to break things down into small pieces um controlling my expectations or not focusing on the outcome all of that stuff was part of me and and kind of the way that I thought and operated prior to the setback Mm -hmm. and so I think that that's something that everybody even if you're not in the middle of a setback or you don't think one's coming 
those are good things to work on because when it happens, you have those tools in your tool belt. You know, you you have a little bit of experience there. So I guess I'd say that first. Um, Where did all that come from? Oh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it's just in me. It's just okay. in me. I think probably things have developed. I think my personality, but I think it's probably been developed throughout the years. Uh, as an athlete, uh, my dad was a coach when I was growing up. He was a teacher and a coach. And so probably picked up some things from him mm-hmm. um, playing sports. You know, if you fall down, you get right back up yeah. without hesitation. Don't You don't even think about the fact that you fell down. You bounce back off the ground, off the court. And so play till you hear the whistle. Like just all those little principles ingrained in your brain. Um, yeah. And so lots of, lots of that, I think, through experience, but probably in combination with personality. So a lot of that was just cultivated. Um, and so I think for me, when, you know, I, I, I st- had been dealing with knee issues and CrossFit honestly has been great for me because, um, it's, it's made me stronger, which has helped and in, in a lot of different areas, which has helped. And I think I had started to realize it wouldn't be wise for me to play like pick up soccer as much anymore, do things with dynamic movement. So I feel like I'd gotten in a good place where I was managing and making good decisions about like keeping my health moving forward and my fitness moving forward. And that injury was something that like talking about shame, I don't know, I I felt a lot of shame around it, but I was one of those moments where I was like, I knew better than that. I wasn't doing these things. And I knew doing these things with dynamic movement that that was risky. I shouldn't. So Mm -hmm. I did feel kind of angry at myself. Um, like I did this to myself. Yeah, that's distinctly different from the shame that I was yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but just like, ah, that was a bad choice. That yeah. was a bad choice. Um, anyway, so building back, I, I got to a place where I couldn't do a lot of things. Um, I'd still show up in the gym and try to, I think that was a big piece for me is try to be consistent and do what you can do. So I think a lot of people, they just quit. They give up because they can't do what they were doing before. They can't do it as much or the same things. And my advice to people would be keep showing up. You may not be able to do the same things. You can modify, you can change things, but do something. You just got to keep showing up. And so I was doing that, but I was just not in a good place with my mindset. I felt like it was just dwindling away Mm -hmm. and it was right around the pandemic stuff and things were going, you know, weird with that and making it difficult too. So I think my first point of attack, I I decided I need to break this down kind of into steps and not focus on the whole thing. And so I knew that the crucial component was my mindset, because if I didn't have my mindset, I wasn't going to have anything else. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to kind of feel my mindset slipping, I decided the the only thing I was going to focus on and do was do things that where I wanted to quit. And it didn't even have to be physical. Like it didn't even have to, it was, it would be taking Mm -hmm. a cold shower Really? Yeah. Something I I didn't even focus on the physical at first, just totally things that just made me want to quit or I did not want to do it. And I just forced myself to do it. And so it'd be simple things like that. Um, Describe to me too, when you say you felt your mindset starting to slip, describe to me what that felt like. (laughs) Well, the best way for me to describe it is I didn't feel like myself. Uh, I didn't feel like myself. And I felt like I, I could negotiate. Like I, if I didn't want to do something, 
I could not do it. Mm. And I would just make excuses or compromise or, you know, have some reason to come up with not doing it. And um, that just wasn't like me in the past. And I think there would be things where I would want to quit. And I would, I knew like, oh, I, I, if I could quit right now, I would. And that wasn't like me. Mm. And so I just, and, and my self-talk was different. I think that might be a key thing. My self-talk was different. Um, cause in the past I would self-talk and tell things, you know, say things like, um, if I wanted like my knee or my legs were tired when I was running, uh, instead of saying that's a fact, not a reason. Like I used to say that mm-hmm. phrase to myself all the time. That's a fact, not a reason. Um, I would use it as a reason to, to quit or slow down. And so I think some of that self-talk started to change. Um, so mindset was the first thing I kind of attacked. And I think you have to also choose to move toward something because if you don't choose to move toward it, it's just not going to happen. So I chose to move toward it, chose to move toward the mindset and rebuild that. Cause to me, that was a foundational thing. Mm -hmm. So mindset is just foundational. So doing things that I just want to, knew I was going to want to quit at. Um, even if physically my body wasn't in a place like maybe I couldn't run or do certain movements or have range of motion, there was always something I could do. And so um, after mindset, I focused on breathing. And so just doing things where I really just focused on having good breaths in, good breaths out, because that wasn't hindered, that wasn't injured. So I could do things where I really focused on having good breathing, finding good breathing rhythms, um, building some of that cardio back through that, even if it wasn't through running, just anything. Mm-hmm. So I focused on breathing. Now, and- now, now, when you started doing those things that you knew you were going to want to quit, yeah, but you started intentionally doing those mm-hmm. things, what did that do? Okay, because I'm interested is, is, was the reward of accomplishing that thing and knowing that you did it and you didn't quit, was that reward the most valuable part or was it simply the fact that you were putting yourselves in the, yourself in these situations that were uncomfortable, either physically or mentally, mm-hmm. right? It, mm-hmm. And was that building that grit mm-hmm. muscle up yeah. or was it the reward that, that helped your mindset or was it both? Mm-hmm. Um, probably a little bit of both, but I think mostly knowing I was building that grit back up, kind of like you finish a good workout and you can tell, like I just used my muscles and that feels good. Yeah. Like it felt, it felt good. It was like using a muscle. It felt good to feel like I just built some muscle. Gotcha. I, I just, I'm stronger. I'm stronger than I was five minutes ago. I'm yep. stronger than I was yesterday. And I just wanted to be mentally stronger a little bit each day. I felt that that yesterday. Yeah, I felt that yesterday when I chose to wash the dishes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Really. Yeah. And sometimes it says little things, little victories. It wasn't the reward of knowing the dishes were done. It was the reward of knowing, okay, I made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm better for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm moving. I'm I'm clearly moving in this direction. Like it's directional. So. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then you work. You're you're breathing. Breathing. Yeah. Just focused on breathing and just breathing well. Um, and then probably consistency, um, not just showing up, but consistency in a workout. So I was still coming into CrossFit and doing things I was modifying and stuff, but, um, but I, I didn't focus on doing things as prescribed, you know, I would modify movements, whatever. But if for instance, there was a workout where you had five rounds of the workout, 
my focus was on consistency throughout the round. So I didn't care how fast I went. I didn't care if I was lifting, you know, the RX weights. I just wanted to find that pacing again where I was breathing well and I had consistent pacing. Like, and I hit the fifth round. I'm like, I could keep that pace for a sixth round. And so I worked on consistency because I think that's probably a strength of mine and what also makes me feel like me, like that's, I think, unique to me. Like I can pace pretty well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I tried to kind of recover that. And then as that happened, then I worked on speed. Okay, I have that consistency back. I'm going to try to get a little faster round around now. Um, so then I worked on some speed. Um, and then gradually through that, I was adding back movements where I was getting better range of motion, able to not have to modify as much. And so just progressively added one little piece at a time. And I would just focus on that one thing. And it could be for a month or two, just focusing on that thing. Mm -hmm. And the very last thing I added was strength. So adding load and increasing that and focusing on getting stronger. And so, and then eventually I was back to doing like prescribed workouts, like movements, weights, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, but it was a, it was a long, intentional, slow process. And I had to really focus also not on um, getting attached to an outcome. Mm -hmm. I think, especially as somebody who is older, it's easy to think like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm never going to be who I was. And you can get really locked in on that. I think, especially for a lot of former athletes, you can get locked in, you get to a place in your life where you realize I'm not going to be who I used to be. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to compete in the same way, perform in the same way. And that can really rock a lot of people. And so I think I had to also realize I just need to be the, the maximize my potential just every day, whatever mm -hmm. that looks like. I may not get to, pre-injury Krista but I'm gonna get to whatever my limit is whatever my ceiling is mm -hmm. and whatever happens happens and I'm gonna be fit and I'm gonna be content with the work I've put in yeah so I, I want to ask you too real quick before we move on to uh, Blake how do you how have you managed the pain <laughs> the actual physical pain because like your knee like I can tell your knees got are like you have scars to prove the knee injuries. I call them my potato knees. <laughs> and and it, it's like I know, I know when we're out on the basic course and you're lugging around a sixty pound pack for three days. Like I know your knees are hurting you. Yeah. How do you manage that? Because you you don't mention it. Yeah. Um. I think one big question for myself is always like is it just pain because <laughs> if it's just pain I got that like I can deal with that like I can mm -hmm. feel pain um but pain needs to be listened to sometimes because pain tells you that you need to do something differently and so a lot of it's just trying to just listen to my body and discern is this just something you have to feel and endure or is this something that you need to listen to yep um and so I think I've learned that I can kind of push myself and do things, but increasingly I just need to rest my knees more in between things that where I'm going to exert um, and do exert them and do that kind of movement. So like we had some tr a week or two where just training wise with our team, you know, we did the basic course, we played basketball, we did, I think we went on a long run maybe right before the basic course. Yeah. And so there was some stuff where I was like, I was feeling them. And I had to speak up and I had to say, because we were going to run that next PT, 
do a long run and I had to speak up and say, you know, hey, I'm willing to do do it, but I just want you to know my knees are hurting. Can we sub something or yeah. do think about something different? And we ended up biking. It was perfect. Yep. And so some of it is knowing my body, discerning what needs to be pushed through. So it, does the pain need to be um, heated or harnessed mm-hmm. is the way I think of it. <laughs> heated or harnessed. And so that question needs to be answered. And then I know I need to rest and manage that pain that way. And I need to speak up. I need to not be prideful and say, like, I don't want to hold anybody back or I don't want to look like I'm wimpy. Yep. And so I need to speak up and say, no, I got to take care of my body. Because if I want to keep moving forward, I, I got to make those choices in this moment. Yep. Because it'll destroy me later. I'll pay for it later if I don't speak up now. Yep. Perfect answer. So. Perfect answer. Yeah. This is something that people struggle so much with. How do I know the difference between pain and injury? <clears throat> like Krista said, pain can, and a lot of times is just something that you just, it, it, what happens when you push yourself, it's natural, right? But when that pain gets to the point that you're like, okay, this is going to become an injury or it, it is becoming an injury, that is when you voice that, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you pull back a little bit or however much you need to pull back. Because if you don't, it's going to stop your progress in its tracks. So the, the phrase I mentioned earlier is fact or reason. And that's something I say to myself a lot when I'm feeling something. I'll say, is this a fact or a reason? Because if it's just a fact, like pain to me can just be a fact. It yeah. just is what it is. Like I feel pain. That's a fact. Um, but it's not always a reason to stop or change or slow down, but sometimes it is. But I think for most people, anytime they feel a fact, they assume it's a reason. Yeah. And so I think probably proportionately reasons are very few Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we probably deal with more facts really than reasons. And so I often ask myself that question. I love that. And I want to talk about Krista said earlier, her mindset was slipping I want to share with you guys how I know when my mindset starts slipping. Very distinct for me. I pay attention to what's going on in my head. When I know my mindset's slipping is when I show up for a workout and my attitude is, well, I don't really care if I win this workout. Or I know these people are this so-and-so or this person here they're obviously fitter than me. It makes sense that they're going to beat me here today. That's when I know my mindset is slipping. When when I'm tuned up, when I show up to do work, even if you're fitter than me, I'm going to say, screw you. You're not beating me. I will not let you win. I don't care what it takes. All right? And even then, sometimes I get beat. (laughs) Even then. But man, when I'm tuned up, that's what my attitude is. And and I move in and out of that. I mean, I'll I'll hold I'll hold down that that strong freaking mindset where I'm just I look at the people around me and I'm like, I don't care who you are, I don't care how fit you are. I'm going to freaking crush you today. 
right? I'm on that for quite a spell, and then I'll slip into that mindset of just showing up and like, ah, it's just good enough that I just showed up today. And I'm conscious of it, and I don't like it. But that's how I keep a track on my mindset. What's up there, Big B? <laughs> well, there's not the much. Mexican. <laughs> Senor. There's not much else to add. I mean. Man, you got to add something, man. The people are the people want to hear from you, man. I mean, Krista laid it out pretty well. Uh, I think a lot of what I was thinking throughout this is when I have something that sets me back, I think of maybe why it set me back or because just like y'all said, really a setback is just something you thought was going to happen in life. Didn't happen or it didn't turn out how you wanted it to or how you had expected it to. And so for me, living life day by day is harder. I mean, you can't always do that, but as much as you can, can prevent setbacks. If you don't have as many, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that, but I think for me is when you get set back, you got to think about why did that happen? And then, then you have to change something, right? If you don't do anything different, then you'll just build back up to that again. And then you'll get set back again. And, and it's, it's hard to do something different. It, it's harder than doing insanity, the actual work. Yeah. That's, that's what insanity is. Doing the same thing and expecting different results. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep, and so it's important to to just try something different. You might not even make it up. Like Chili said, sometimes you fall even below the peak you just came off of or before, and that's fine, but that means you tried something different, and it just didn't work, and it's still good information that you know, well, okay, don't do that again. And I think it's important what Krista, you know, she didn't say it exactly, but her story shows it is the patience with it. It's yeah. just to be patient and, and build it back slowly, correctly yeah that's probably, it, it correctly probably took me know. a year at least a year to go back to doing like normal rx workouts or whatever so yeah i remember you like, telling me yeah. that on our turkey hunt took, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it took a long time it felt like an eternity yeah. yeah and and just sitting in that sometimes you just have to sit in your patience chad kept telling you today with those push-ups just be or uh -huh. yeah just be patient. be patient yeah just be patient with it and so, you know, depending on what you're set back from, what it is that's going on, you it's going to require some patience. So, I mean, anything else I would add where thoughts already had that they've hit, but if I would add anything, it would be those two things. Well, thank you, Blake. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I like to go last so I don't have to talk much. You know, it's interesting that the the concept of consistency – just keeps coming up man it just keep it, it, it it's like you, you you just you can't drive it home enough you can't over you, you you can't over um stress the need for that consistency and it is the the single most prevalent aspect of people who are are successful and it is the single most prevalent un inconsistency is the single most prevalent aspect of people that are not successful. Um, you know, we talk a lot. We, we get to train a lot of high level business owners and entrepreneurs out at the basic course. 
And really, what we've, I think the conclusion we've all drawn of a, in assessing these people and their actual ability to lead, to communicate, to form a team, to form culture, to form all these important things, right, that we think are all the most necessary components of being very successful in business, uh, really, those things are great, and they're going to take you from being successful to being the best in the world. But really, to be successful in business, all you need is consistency, willingness to do the work, and willingness to take a little risk. We train people all the mm-hmm. time that, are, that have made multi-millions of dollars in business, that have no clue how to lead, build teamwork, build culture, how to be led, how to communicate. They have no clue. But they'll show up, and they're willing to do the work, and they're willing to take a little risk. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's all it is. It's that freaking simple, man. Yeah. That's all it is. What the crap you got to say, Chili? I know you got something you stewing on over there. Uh, I about reached my word limit. It's about time to wrap it up. But consistency is the key to unlocking your potential. In whatever you do. Yeah. So I'm about freaking tired of saying it. Either be consistent or don't. Or go away. Your Turd. choice. Freaking turds. Um, well, all right. Well, that was we we got a lot of podcasting done today. I think very, very useful information for you guys. From y'all too. Uh I know it was useful information for me. And um I appreciate y'all pouring your heart out and talking through those setbacks that you've had pouring your heart out and i just want to let you guys know that that's listening to this podcast uh please if there's any way this could help someone in your life if you got anything out out of it if you learn anything share the show man share the show with someone and uh that's the only way it grows that's the only way we, we can sit down and have these conversations, but they are not going to get any further than your ears if you don't share the show with someone that it can help. So we're relying on you guys. Appreciate you for tuning in. Enough said. <laughs>